Temple of Geek Podcast, episode 55, is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash Toddcast. Over 180,000 titles for you to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Toddcast. Your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. You are listening to the Temple of Geek Toddcast, a show designed to analyze pop culture for your entertainment. I am your host, Katie. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. This show is released every week for your enjoyment. You can find this episode and more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter by using the handle at Temple of Geek. Today's episode is a special one. Not only do we have Chelsea, Chad, and Rooster from Temple of Geek, but we also have a very special guest, Dumbbells and Dragons founder extraordinaire, Kenny Rotter. Kenny is joining us today to discuss the many works of writer, director, producer, comic book author, and composer Joss Whedon. Hi, everybody. Hello. Howdy. So before we dive into the Whedonverse, let's get to know our special guest a little bit. Kenny, why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself? Well, my name is Kenny Rotter. I run DumbbellsAndDragons.com, which is a blog and podcast designed to mix nerd and fitness culture to break down barriers. We're all familiar with the stereotypes of nerds and jocks, and what we're here to do is kind of say you can embrace any and all of those passions together and they don't necessarily have to be uh, butting heads, so to speak. Oh, that, that That's pretty sweet. I like to join the two universes together so we can all be live as one. And that's, that's pretty sweet. Well, I feel like I live in both universes. Like, I'm a huge sports fan and I'm a huge nerd. So, like, yeah, yeah. alien man. <laughs> I, I can connect with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to create a community of like-minded individuals that just want to work out, nerd out. Not like-minded, but open-minded, you know? You don't have to be one stereotype as opposed to, you know, another stereotype. You can just merge and and, and live as one. And I like that. That's awesome. So you spoke about how uh, your podcast and your blog is a unique mixture of health and fitness and geek culture. So where did that inspiration for that unique blend really come from? Uh, It really came from me and one of my best friends, Ted. Ted was always a military guy, huge buff dude. And I was always kind of scrawny in high school, uh, very much the, the stereotypical nerd. And when we met, I decided I wanted to get fit, and so I would follow him to the gym, and in between our sets, we were talking about sci-fi or comic books or the latest Marvel movie or, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, tabletopping, all that good stuff, and that kind of got the hamster wheel turning, and we realized that there's got to be more of us out there. Did you know that ahead of time? I did, did you, not. So it was just something that y'all just start talking about as y'all uh, worked out and 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 just start conversating. Yeah, it was it was really I was over at his place one time and he had Firefly on DVD, um, Stargate on DVD, and 
that kind of and a bunch of like Star Wars and other sci-fi novels. How did you react? How did you react when you found out he was uh, not not only a a, a badass but also (laughs) also a a, a, you know a, a geek? Well, it was it was kind of just like you because the one thing that we had in common that I knew a lot about was Firefly, and I was like, "Holy shit, you like fire? You like Firefly?" And he was like, "Yeah, man, it's like one of the greatest television shows of all time." All the episodes. <laughs> the whole one season. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was right. great. It was, it was great. great. I'm so sorry. I'm not. I'm not trying to bag on it. Okay. Easter egg. Easter egg. If you watch Battlestar Galactica, the new one, if you watch the first episode, whenever they're leaving Caprica, you see the ship from Firefly. Just saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> so I had a buddy of mine. We like paused it and like zoomed in like all the way that you could. You okay. know, like six years ago on a DVD player. <laughs> oh You're sitting there with like the plus. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we it's can like do green. This. You can tell. You can look at it. It's just super pixelated. It's totally fine. Exactly. <laughs> so um, on your podcast, so what kind of topics do you usually cover? Well, we usually try to cover a mix of both health and wellness and something having to do with nerd culture. So quick, for example, um, Katie and I actually recorded a podcast having to do with Supernatural, mm-hmm. uh, the TV show. And that is actually going to be airing May 25th to coincide with the season 11 season finale. Awesome. But we also talk a little bit about mental health in in that episode. One of my earlier episodes was a confection artist, a guy who makes cake pops for a living. But he's also a personal trainer and he's also a huge Star Wars nerd. So... (laughs) He actually makes cake pops in the shapes of Star Wars characters. Oh, man. That... Um, does this person live in Los Angeles? Because I feel like I need to find him and... Can we order online? Yes, yeah, about the second. Purchase. Is it like... Yes. <laughs> to, give, to give him a free plug, Albert's Petite Sweets. Nice. So cool. So amazing. Really nice guy. And was actually one of our best podcasts just because... He was a immigrant from the Philippines, came over to the United States like 20 years ago when he was like six years old, and rags to riches, true American dream story, like really an amazing guy. Uh, but so on your on your podcast, do you break down like the nutritional facts on how to get a body like Batman or Superman or <laughs> any of <laughs> we can we can actually strive to look like those not, guys. Yeah, not everybody can do the Captain America route. Yeah, <laughs> on yeah, right. Can somebody just serum. inject me <laughs> super serum? I think uh, they had that, but it's, I think it's frowned upon in the law yeah. world. Whoa. <laughs> no, um, okay. Yeah, we Don't do, do post. We do post some workouts. We actually did just do a podcast with um dan wallace he actually runs beagamecharacter.com and his entire website is devoted to get you the body of an rpg character oh that's pretty sweet so like 
I'm not big into RPGs, but like some of the Final Fantasy guys, like with all their huge muscles, like he does workouts inspired by them. So really cool stuff. But there are resources for eating healthy. There are resources for getting active. And then there are resources for embracing any and all of your nerd passions. Well, I'd like for one your your take on this whole um, uh, work. Uh, dumbbells and dragons because you know as a kid you, know, you got to have something that you it, it, especially not the non-popular kids that you know that there's more bullying and stuff they they can relate to someone that actually or something that actually you know they can feel that feel feel wanted or needed i guess is what i'm trying to say and relate to it and you know I definitely like what you're doing. It's awesome. Yeah, and it was it was it's really been. You meet some amazing people. Uh, just this past Saturday, I did a tough mutter out here in LA. For people who don't know, it's a 12 oh, yeah, mile a- op. Yeah, it's a 12 mile obstacle course race. And immediately after, I went to Poke Oasis, which was a Pokemon convention, about a half hour away from it. Nice. A 12 mile obstacle course. Yeah, they no, call you've got to check those out. Those are really yeah. cool. I've Whoa. got a, a warrior dash uh, that's really like close. It's not near a Tough Mudder. Like, I, I've got a buddy of mine I work with that does does those. I'm yeah. thinking about doing the zombie race. Oh, those are I awesome. Because they do one in Long Beach, usually in October. So They got some in Austin, Austin Texas, but uh, here in Waco, we call them Mud Quests. Yeah, but running for fun, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, when if a zombie's you... chasing you, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. No, not if, fun at all. If you ever want a running buddy, I will absolutely run with you. Oh, you oh, are for so the zombies. Cool. Do we, we have and to get you down here? Yeah, that is freaking awesome. Okay. Well, that was for Catherine doing the zombie run in Long Beach. That's a little yeah. closer than Waco uh, for me. Yeah, it's a, little, man, a little closer, bro. A little well, closer. you got to come have the kolaches here in Waco, bro. You, you'll you'll there to die for. Yeah. Well, and just one last plug. We just recorded actually earlier today um, a Civil War preview for Captain America: Civil War. I got a guy who had read all the comics, 108 issues. And everyone can find that on dumbbellsanddragons.com on May 4th. So that's my last plug. If anybody wants to send me an email or comments or anything, all of our social media is at dumbbellsdragon. Is DD on Facebook? Yes. Cool. Well, you just answered totally answered my last question. So now that we've gotten to know our special guest... Um, why don't we jump to our main topic, which is talking about Joss Whedon. Um, obviously, like what I was saying earlier is that he has quite the resume. <laughs> so, and composer, no idea that was a thing. Um, so let's split it up and we'll talk about TV shows first and then we'll move on to talk about his movies. And then we're actually going to talk about the way that he approaches uh, strong female characters in his TV shows and movies. Buffy was my first show, first Joss Whedon anything, was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I loved that show from beginning to end, the entire time, even with the ridiculous plot edition of Dawn, 
don't even get me started on how much I hated her addition to that show. <laughs> I love Michelle Trachtenberg, but what the hell? There's always someone that There's throws someone? She she was the scrappy do of the Scoobies. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was. Well said. Well said. That, that is seriously what it is. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, even the most ridiculous episodes of that show were like convincing to a certain point. I mean, he did write a musical episode after all, which happens to be one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> but well, and it's actually one of the best episodes and it fits in the storyline and the only thing he was unhappy with was the fact that it ran long by about 10 minutes. <laughs> He's like this episode's too long. It's the only thing I don't like. That's funny. Well, the cool thing too is his that thing was he, they uh they actually play it and everyone does like a sing along thing at San Diego Comic Con and other Comic Cons. That is awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I've been to one. It's cool. <laughs> and I've I've said this before. I came into Buffy at exactly the right time, so a lot of stuff that she was going through in high school and college, I was going through. In high school, like I graduated high school in 2003 and the show went off the air in 2003. Mm-hmm. So That's- I just could relate to her in pretty much every season. She was going through something that I could relate to. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that stand out to me from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I'll never forget this because it's still true today. And don't tell me I'm not. It's not because <laughs> you all do this when you hear a bump in the night. So there is this episode where these like demons come into your room and they can only get you if something's out of the covers. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's, oh, I think I remember that saying. episode. Yeah, the scare, like the tall, lanky guys or whatever. And if you've got everything tucked in the, under the blankets, you're good to go. Get you. Safe under the blankets. That's yeah. right. That's right. But is I, that I was the, more is that, of a. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, is that the Hush episode? I, I can't. I can't remember, man. I haven't seen. Buffy the Vampire Slayer in a long, long time. Oh. Everybody's like, but Google, People Google fill us in in the comments. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. it was just such a good show. And it also gave us our first, like, it introduced us to, obviously, Sarah Michelle Gellar and then David Boreanaz, too. Mm-hmm. And, um, a celebrity look like. But did that typecast, did that typecast Sarah Michelle? Is she, because she hasn't been around in a while. She's actually cooking. I follow her Instagram. Oh, really? I love I love following her on social media. Her and her husband, Freddie Prince, them and their kids. Yeah. Oh my god. It is like the greatest thing ever to be around them on social media. Her and Tiffany Thiessen are having a cook off Saved by the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> she has her own cooking show. Sarah, well. Sarah Michelle Geller actually is signed on to do the Cruel Intentions TV show. Oh my God! Yes. I so always, I always liked her. She, she, you know, and, and and watching her act and watching her do what she does, I I wouldn't go. Oh, that I mean, I would go. Oh, that's Buffy. But it's um, it, it she's probably a good show. So you know, that I think that would be good. Well, I mean, okay. Has, has everyone seen Labyrinth? Yes. Yeah. They love it. Okay. So almost. Every friend that I have has told me that Labyrinth 
was their sexual awakening movie where they're just like David Bowie, like <laughs> that, the- that was it for them. That's when they like got all the, the nice warm and tinglys inside. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I it was that. Sarah Michelle Gellar in Cruel Intentions. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that is one of my all-time favorite movies ever. Her See, and Ryan Phillippe, were, that was a good movie. And to this day, people will argue with me and say, no, Wild Things is a better choice, if anyone remembers that with Nev yeah. Campbell. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, what are we Sarah talking Michelle about? Geller, it's a better choice. Yeah. What? I mean, what? What? What scene are we talking about? Because I mean, yeah, it could be a better choice, but you know, it's it, anyway. I'm off track, but we're going off topic. Yeah, yeah. This is about Joss Whedon. Yes, right. not <laughs> right. Wild thing. So, and Firefly, which is one of my favorite, and you know, Stacy. Eddie me a lot on on Firefly uh, and and the movie. I love the movie. I wish more Firefly for everybody to love. But um, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there because I want to see how people will react. Did anyone or everyone see Dollhouse? I've seen the episodes, the show. Right, you're talking about the show. Yes. Dollhouse? Yeah, his other his other show with Elijah Dushku, right? Yes, I am saying that Dollhouse is the prequel to Firefly. Whoa! Dollhouse essentially shows why people left Earth. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like if if you if you watch the beginning episodes of Firefly, they talk about how the humans had to leave Earth and, or no, maybe it's in the beginning of Serenity, the movie, where they talk about how they have to terraform other planets because stuff went bad on Earth. Mm -hmm. And if you watch Dollhouse, the season and series finale of that show, uh, the, the end of season one and the end of season two, you can kind of get to how Firefly happened from there. Oh, that's cool. Whoa. Everything's like interconnected. That's crazy. And, yes. it, does, and it has the, the actress off of the 100. Uh, I can't pronounce her name. I'm going to start. Lightman. Deshaun Lightman? Yeah, Deshaun Lightman. Yeah. Oh, she's uh, awesome. She's also in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, see, yeah so- she's in Agents of what is it? So Joss Whedon has this thing where he, anybody that's ever been in a TV show or movie that he's written and directed, created, just sort of follow him to everything else, I've noticed. <laughs> like, uh, Amy you Acker. you want to follow him? I know, right? Amy Acker was in Angel. She played Fred, and now she's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <gasps> Alexis and- Denzoff um, was, uh, was in Buffy and Angel, and he was in... Um, he was also in Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah, Much Ado About Nothing. So was Amy Acker. So Mm -hmm. like a lot of his, like a lot of the people that star in his shows and movies, they all just sort of stick around. If you got a director and you got a good person writing stuff, you want to stay with it. And yeah, it's what I feel like. They're like a group, like us. We're you know, you're a group and you talk about good stuff. (laughs) It's group group thing. (laughs) So what you're telling me. 
is the new Spider-Man is David Boreanaz. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> Boom. That's exactly what first. I'm saying. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I would lose my mind. I'm guessing you have a a, a love oh, for oh, I do. David Boreanaz. Angel is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Right? I mean, I, I think David Boreanaz from the first couple seasons of Buffy could be Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't think... Yeah, you know, like... <laughs> 20 years ago. Not now. Yeah. Like Bones, <laughs> David Boreanaz could not do Spider-Man. Yeah, you've got to play a, a teenager. <laughs> what? <laughs> he could Sick do it. He's, yeah, I had he's a friend of mine uh, that I grew up with. Her name's Angel. And like, all the <laughs> I, I called her Angelus. Angelus. <laughs> I was like, Angelus, come here. <laughs> so why, why is Josh Josh so I guess my question is, why is this podcast about him? What is what is he bringing to all these universes that is so awesome? Other than you know creativeness, but why? What 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 makes him stand out of you know directors or, or writers or whatever to you guys? I, he's so ahead of the game. Like there was a big issue this past week that once upon a time is having their first same sex romance. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, Joss Whedon was doing that stuff in the year 2000, fifth and sixth seasons of Buffy yeah, with Willow and Tara. And I'm like, he was doing things before they were cool. He was doing (laughs) vampires yeah, no, he really was. Bef- yeah, you're on yeah. it, man. He was doing vampires before Twilight. Yeah. Oh, Lord. You know? And they didn't sparkle. <laughs> and they didn't sparkle. And they couldn't go out in the daylight. I actually killed them, not sparkle them. And Firefly, like, he was doing westerns in space before Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. you know? And unfortunately, I think he is a little too ahead of his time and that hurts him more than it helps him. Yeah. Um, like one of the big problems with dollhouse were it was commenting on society. There was no big bad. The big bad was humanity. And unfortunately there's not a lot of room for that storytelling at that time. No, Joss is like, he, like you were saying, like he's very uh, ahead of his time. Um, so, I mean, like we'll get into it later about how, how well he writes female characters later on. Um, but he is just, he's really just somebody that you can sort of look up to both in the way that he creates shows and then also the things that he says when he's interviewed and different things like that. So he's very forward, very like wants equality, that kind of thing. Well, and I, I don't mean to be, especially because I'm the guest on this episode. I don't mean to be a counter to point out the counterpoints. I don't want this to turn into a Joss Whedon gush fest. No, because I, I do think that there are some things that he needs to work on. Yeah. No, I mean, it shouldn't be 
nobody's perfect. So there shouldn't be like, I'm sure that we'll have things to say about other things that he's done, but there's things about all the shows that he's done that you're just sort of like, why would you do that? Exactly. Like, so yeah, even, even Dr. Horrible, which I know we're going to get to later, but Mm -hmm. he was doing web series before web series were, were web series. Dr. Mm -hmm. Horrible's sing along blog. Yeah, we'll yes. talk about that for sure. Amazing. Yeah. Um. So, does anybody have any last thoughts on his TV show side? No. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? What? What's your favorite episode of Buffy of all time? Oh God. Um, probably my favorite episode. I know that I've watched like a million times is. Angel, so it's like the first episode where we get to really meet meet Angel. It's season one. It's also like Buffy and Angel's first kiss, and that's when she finds out that he's a vampire. Yes. So I love that episode because it really shows like that she is she is just a teenager. She's just a girl in high school that she doesn't really know everything about the world. So when she meets him, you know, he's an older man, older, like much older than she <laughs> apparently knew um, that she is still has the ability to be surprised because she had no idea that he was a vampire at all. Yeah. And like she screams and then he jumps out the window and she thought he read her diary. Like it's so, so 90s, so high school kind of thing. I just, I've, could really relate to her during that episode for sure. Other than other than um, the serenity stuff, I I, I didn't. I, I apologize to everyone. But I didn't get into Buffy. Uh, That's fine. I, I apologize, That's but um, the serenity the serenity aspect of it, I really loved. My favorite character, other than Nathan Fillion, was uh, Adam Adam Baldwin. Yep, Adam Baldwin. At, about, Jane. Yeah, and uh, his every, you know, and I had to research why he used to say "go ram." <laughs> and you know, if if you know anything about it, it's like uh, saying the you know "gd" word. <clears throat> but um, all of that, all of the serenity, I, I've always been a big fan. And watching those ten episodes or whatever it was season one, uh, you, you mean Firefly? Yeah, Firefly. I apologize. Um, and I thought I heard rumors of Netflix picking it back up. Is that not right? Or that that was in April Fool's joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, they, they do that every year. They, well, they do that every year. Yeah. My favorite uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode was I think at the end of season two, where Angel and Buffy finally fight. Like Buffy's oh, yeah. kind of like gone through oh. everything. Like her family kind of turns their back on her. The school does everything, and then like Angel's about to like cut her in half with his sword, and she just like <laughs> catches that stuff like nothing. Oh and that's God. when I feel that like Buffy really like kind of I'm a badass. Yeah. <laughs> this is about to go down. She's into. Yeah. <laughs> my my favorite episode is the one where. Um, 90% of the episode is silent. Hush. Oh, the oh, silent hush. movie episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my favorite one. Because that was just incredible. And um, So they didn't talk silent. during the whole episode? Nope. Or? Really? Yeah. 
That would be cool to see. Am I remembering that right? Like they, it was completely silent at the bottom. They had like a black box or whatever, like what they were trying to communicate to each other. Yeah, and they oh. like used whiteboards to like talk to each other because all their voices were. Maybe that's by, what I'm remembering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By like, <laughs> I want to call them the silence, but I'm pretty sure that's not what they are. No, <laughs> it's totally a doctor. No, they're program. the gentlemen. Wrong show. Wrong. The gentlemen. Oh, cool to see. Uh, that's a good in- uh, concept. Mm-hmm. Joss killing it again. My my favorite episode is the episode of the prom because she goes through all of high school thinking people are ignoring her and don't like her. And at the episode, the prom, um, they give her a special award calling her class protector. And the character, Jonathan, played by Danny Strong, gives it to her. And he's like, you think we don't notice you? But we do. And every time I watch that episode, I just, just, I'm sorry, waterworks. Just, <laughs> no, totally. Like, well, I, watching like, girls' reactions right then, they were covering their mouths and kind of, <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, did he just say that, that episode? It's, it's probably one of the most powerful episodes I can ever remember and it's just the one episode that always sticks out in my mind as just television perfection in 43 minutes just with how much emotion it it can bring up I have a question did Jaws had any influence on the what originated the TV shows the the movie Buffy I, yes, he, he 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 wrote it. He originally okay. wrote it and was going to direct it, and then there was a falling out with the studio, and they rewrote it and had a different director, and they wouldn't let him direct it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think the movie is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is. It's entertaining to me. I enjoyed it. I mean. Like, my favorite part is the yellow leather jacket. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like uh, David Arquette's character. Let me in, man. <laughs> Come Let on, me. man. Let me in. I'm, I'm hungry. hungry. <laughs> That's kind You're, of floating. Like You're floating. <laughs> man. Floating. You're floating, man. <laughs> floating. I mean, that, those, those things to me, I watched it back to the future during when. Being outside, and you can just sit down and just be entertained. You're not judging the movie, you're just being entertained. And I like Buffy the the movie that way. So I want to take a break right here to talk about our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible is offering a free audiobook download for you, the listeners of the Temple of Geek Talkcast, with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So Miss Chelsea was reading a book or listening to a book, technically, because it's you know Audible. Yes, Audible. Um, <laughs> So, well, she could be reading the book and listening to it at the same time. So, why don't you tell us about said book that you were listening to? Well, the book I would like to recommend this week is called Everything I Need to Know in Life I Learned from Joss Whedon by Valerie Estelle Frankel. Um, And I think that that's just a pretty awesome book because Joss obviously offers a lot of life lessons in his TV shows and movies to the point where 
you know, there's classes in universities about his shows, you know, and I think that his work offers a lot of lessons and that author has put together a book dedicated to all that. So you can head over to what, what? Audibletrial.com podcast. (laughs) to get that free title now or you can choose from over 180,000 other titles today support us by heading to audibletrial.com forward slash Toddcast and get your free 30 day trial started today Uh, so as you know TV shows are not the only thing that Joss Whedon has created so he has written and directed some of our favorite movies well at least some of my favorite movies I don't know about y'all um, so he did Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, Serenity, uh, Avengers, and then he also did Age of Ultron. Um, but those kinds of movies aren't his only things that he has in his repertoire. He also tends to do some romantic films, such as uh, Much Ado About Nothing and In Your Eyes. I'm totally into the whole like romantic movie thing. I have not seen Much To Do About You. I mean, About Nothing. It's very good. Yes. Just, yeah. just and you know. Was, <laughs> it, the way that movie actually came about was Joss just had a bunch of his friends come over for a weekend and they shot a black and white version of Much Ado About Nothing. <laughs> In I between just, filming Avengers, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, and it's, it filmed at his house. I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, I know I need to watch yeah. it for sure. Well, because Joss Whedon actually famously will have uh, parties where he'll invite people over to do Shakespeare readings. And I think he just thought, why am I not, you know, putting this on film? And <laughs> did it. Because Joss Whedon needs to be working all the time, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. So... so- I, I, I kind of think that this is where I can get into my Joss Whedon is not God's gift to movies and cinema. He's not the greatest thing since sliced bread. Correct. He's a great thing. But there are some times where I just think he's incredibly arrogant. Okay. It's like... The pet this week or last week, a couple article he gave an interview where he was essentially talking trash about Age of Ultron. Yeah, he did an interview with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, and I I get it. Age of Ultron, not as good as the Avengers, but nothing was going to be. Yeah, yeah. It it's what made the Avengers so great was the the nov- the novelty of having all these characters together for the first time and it was new and it was incredible so everybody's expectations for age of ultron were so great nothing in no way shape or form was ever going to meet those expectations but that's no reason for joss to come out and saying he hated working on the show or the movie. He was having trouble with the studio. Like, there's no reason for that. It's yeah. unprofessional and it's arrogant. 
And he actually did something similar right before Avengers came out where he talks smack about Star Wars. Why would you do that? I don't understand. It's it's and it's not so much that it's untrue because a lot of the points he brought up about Star Wars I actually agree with. Uh-huh. Um in the sense that anyways, people can go read those articles. But <laughs> it's in the sense that the statements are unnecessary. Yeah. They're they're only going to create negativity in the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that is something a person in his position should try to do. And a lot of people could say right now, well, Kenny, why are you bringing this up? It's only bringing up negativity to his career. But I think it's because some people will blindly follow whatever he says when sometimes we need to alter our behavior or take things with a grain of salt. That actually reminds me of, there's a, a Tumblr blog. It's called Your Your Fave is Problematic. It's saying that um, even though there are these people that you believe to be, like, they can still be your favorites. Like, a big one on there is uh, John Green, that a lot of people will blindly follow him, or even Joss Whedon. And there are things that they'll say or do that, even though you don't agree with them, it doesn't mean that they can't still be your favorite, but you should also shouldn't put them up on a pedestal. Like, you shouldn't yeah. blindly follow them, like you were saying. No, and, and like, example, James Cameron, Avatar. Beautifully stunning movie. Watch it on a small screen. <laughs> like, like, try to watch it on either, let's say, a CRT TV or, like, your laptop screen. Mm-hmm. It's not that entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I only ever saw it in theaters. I didn't like. I don't. I don't own it or anything. Yeah. Same here. So I never saw it. <laughs> you never Whereas, saw Avatar? No, I didn't. I didn't see it. Oh, that was well, like guess what? You, you can be the test subject. Yeah, watch there you it go. On a te- <laughs> <laughs> watch it on a small screen. Yeah, and let me know how bad of a movie it is. I will work on that for you. Thank you. I appreciate You're that. So, um, I'm sorry. Off my soapbox. Yeah. You're like, let me just put this away. Sorry. Um, so I wanted to talk about. So, like I said before, I'm like really into the like, I like the romantic genre films. So the movie In Your Eyes is he wrote it. So he wrote the screenplay for this film. I don't know. Has I know Chelsea's seen it, but have you guys seen it yes. or heard of it? I've, I have not. I've never seen it. Okay, it's on, it's on Netflix. Net- yeah, it's on Netflix. So okay. it's an interesting storyline. So basically, it's about this man and this woman that do not live in the same location. One lives out in the desert. I believe it's New Mexico. And the other one lives in New Hampshire. <laughs> so very different places. But they are actually mentally connected with one another. And they can see through the other person's eyes. And they can feel the other person's emotions. Mm-hmm. So, and talk to each other, and they can talk to each other because they're like t- they talk out loud and they can hear one another as if they're in the same location. It mm-hmm. seems kind of far fetched, but it's actually a really good movie. Very, very good. Very unique concept. 
and these two people they start to you know obviously fall in love because they get to know each other on such an intimate level being able to feel what the other one's feeling being able to see what the other one's seeing and yeah it's really really good he put it out on how do you say it vimeo vimeo oh uh Vimeo. 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 Yeah. He put it out there first, which I think is kind of cool because I think Joss likes to really try out new platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could only buy it there. And then eventually, obviously, it went to Netflix and DVD. But yeah. Well, and. And I, I honestly, I had heard of it. I had never watched it. But again, this is kind of an instance of Joss being ahead of the curve because mm-hmm. what the plot of that movie is essentially very similar to Sense8. Yeah. On Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Very cool. I didn't know that. So I'll be watching uh, that probably later tonight if it's on oh, Netflix. Cool. Yes. Well, it is on Netflix. <laughs> very good. Um, so if you guys want, we can talk about Dr. Horrible's sing-along vlog, which I love. Can we we talk about Cabin in the Woods first? (laughs) We can definitely talk about Cabin in the Woods. It's not like, it's like a horror comedy, right? I like Cabin in the Woods. It, it was genuinely funny and genuinely scary. Okay. So I thought it was... It's an amazing comedy, and it's an amazing horror movie. And the way the two balance are just incredible. And uh, I think Joss did an incredible job. And I was actually really upset that it got shelved for two years until The Avengers came out. Well, it's, Avengers. It's, it's mostly because Chris Helmsworth is in it, and they needed to capitalize on everybody having <laughs> Thor love. <laughs> that makes sense. I- yeah, I can understand that. I have not seen Cabin in the Woods. Neither have so, I. But I will. <laughs> oh, it's really good. That I think it's on Netflix, no. too. Yeah, that's it's, good, because I I haven't heard good things, so I'm glad that you guys think it is good. That yeah. makes me want to check it out. Well, you got to go into it knowing, like, it is, like he said, it is equally scary as it is funny. <laughs> okay. But it, it also takes the horror movie trope and kind of turns it on its head and it's an interesting take on why horror movies happen okay all right like the driving force behind horror movies is just the way they deal with it is really cool cool. hashtag no spoilers (laughs) there you go you did your best thank you (laughs) that's something i can get behind i might turn off the hold on Oh. Yes, you did. What? <laughs> what were you I, talking? I, I was trying to enter talk and nobody's answering my questions. <laughs> we're just talking to you. We're just ignoring but, you. We don't want to talk to you. But but it was kind of like following the line because you were like, yeah, Chris Hemsworth and he's in there. And I'm like, yes, that's what I was saying. But, you're not <laughs> <laughs> but what I was saying is that this movie kind of reminds me of... Um, Ash, uh, what is it? The um, Ash Evil versus Dead. the Evil yeah, Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead. You know, it was. Dang, Mike. <laughs> um, I just like was how it the Mike's fault, or was it that you had user, yeah. user error? User is error. It the operator, <laughs> the operator error. 
I know how, like, we were talking about how amazing the Avengers is, the first one. Like, do you think, now anybody can answer this question, do you think that because that movie was so amazing that when he stepped into Age of Ultron, that he kind of set himself up to fail? Because that movie was just so good and so new with having all those superheroes all in the same location that when he stepped into doing Age of Ultron, that there was no way that he was ever going to live up to, like, the epicness that was the first Avengers movie. Well, I contrast it, I contrast it to the uh, Eminem song, uh, The Way I Am, where he says, I'll never be able to top what, uh, what my name is. My name is. You know, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's like you'll never be able to top that, but you just have to keep plugging on and moving on to with what you have. And, you know, you can only do your best. So I think he did his best, and I think he did an amazing job. But he, if you're a perfectionist, you're never going to be happy with what – it doesn't matter what you do. Even if it's great, you're never going to be happy. Mm-hmm. I, I think he set himself up a little bit for failure, but I also think – he was so exhausted from working on all the Marvel stuff, Avengers, mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, advising on a couple of their other movies, that he was just, he caved to a lot of the studio pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he would have kind of stuck to his guns, then the movie would have turned out better like if he had his espresso that day he did it he was just espresso injection yeah he's just tired and and i I get that man i I really do i mean you get tired and and, and worn down with so much stuff just like anybody else's job but i mean he still pulled off a great movie in my opinion Oh, yeah. no, I agree with you. Yeah, I thought Age Voltron was really great. Even I just love the the thing that I liked the most was the bit of comedy relief that they had going on within within the movie. Just sort of just underline it, like underlying it with the whole hammer. Um, if you put it in the elevator, is and the elevator goes up, <laughs> does that mean it's worthy of the power of Thor? That and um, uh, Hawkeye. I thought that Jeremy Renner nailed like just the little bit of comedy that he was given throughout the whole movie, especially the part when what I, when I don't remember what the guy's name is that runs really fast. Oh, quick over yeah. Yeah, when he runs past him and he says, "Keep up, old man," and he's like, he goes, "I could shoot him, and nobody would know." The last time I saw him, and Ultron was laying on him. And the best part <laughs> is whenever Captain America says, "I swear," and they're all like. Watch your watch your mouth, you know. Yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah, that whole thing was great. But that's that that's comedy and, and and he brings it all together and it's it's funny, but it's still serious at the same time, and I like that. Yeah. Watch your watch your mouth. <laughs> language. 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 Yeah, yeah. language, that's what it was. Language, yeah. Language is what he said. <laughs> Alright. Does anybody have any last thoughts on Captain Hammer, or uh, what? Not, what? Not oh, <laughs> Dr. Over. Not, we'll not me. I did not cosplay as Captain Hammer at a convention once. Yes, you um, did, and everybody loved it so much. <laughs> I remember I was there. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Nobody'll dime you off faster than your friends. 
<laughs> I, I thought Dr. Horrible was great, especially when he managed to tell a complete story with character development in 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I actually, when I was in grad school, my grad school did a production of Dr. Horrible. And it was amazing. Jealous. And in, instead of playing, the guy who played Captain Hammer was brilliant. But instead of playing Captain Hammer as very, like, sexual innuendo, very subtle, mm-hmm. he did it way over the top. Nice, nice. And it was absolutely hysterical. Oh I really God. wish I'd Just seen this. Right? Where he's, where he's like, the hammer is my penis. Like, <laughs> yeah. the way he delivered that line, he's like... You want me to push the hammer down? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like... Oh, no, no, he likes so his hammer. Funny. Oh, my gosh. Did they film this, and did they put it on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, and I don't know. Darn. Oh, my God. It should be, because I would love to watch that. It just feels so perfect, like, being Captain Hammer being so over the top and so blatantly sexual rather than being, like, very innuendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I could oh. see it being that way. Uh, it was GW Law... Or no, GW Law didn't put it on. George Washington University put it on. And it would be in 2010. Okay. Okay. I will search it. Google Nation. One really cool thing that I like about Dr. Horrible is the commentary on the either DVD or Blu-ray. Have you, have you guys heard that? I have so not. The, so the commentary is a musical in itself. Oh my meaning, god! <laughs> meaning Joss and I'm sure his brothers wrote uh, music during the commentary, in which, like, for an example, Nathan Fillion sings an entire song about how he's better than Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, <laughs> that would be something I would want to hear. And the guy, and the guy who plays amazing. Moist sings about how nobody wants to be moist. Yeah. <laughs> Hate nope. that word so nope. much. Exactly. Yeah. Moist toilet, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really amazing. If you haven't uh, checked that out yet, really good to see. I'm Google Moogly now. But that okay. whole thing was like shot with like zero money. Oh yeah. And I mean, they were on the lot for, like, a day. Like, on the Universal Studios lot for, like, a day. And everything else was filmed either, like, on location or, like, the actors had to provide a lot of their own costumes. Like, Felicia Day's outfits are a lot of her own. Um, The coat that Dr. Horrible wears was... Was it from Firefly or did it get worn on Firefly? It was, like, one of the... I think it was... From Firefly. I'm assuming it was from Firefly because Firefly was prior to Exactly. Yeah, so the coat he wears is the one that Simon wears in Firefly. And then they obviously dye it red for the ending. But but yeah, so little things like that are really cool. And they released it online first. 
um, through Hulu, apparently, according to Wikipedia, but then eventually put it out on DVD, and then they actually re-aired it on the CW not too long ago. That was kind of cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. That is cool. So that was my... Uh, <laughs> that was my big one I wanted to talk about. <laughs> well, so the very last thing that I want to talk about, since we're talking about the Whedon verse, is I want to discuss the way that he creates um, some of the strongest female characters in both film and movie. Film and movie are the same thing. Film and TV. So, <laughs> uh, so the one thing that stands out in my mind when I think about the way that he creates female characters is that um, whenever he's interviewed during like the press tour or something, he constantly gets asked the question, why do you write such fe strong female characters? And originally he used to answer that question with, um, well, my mom inspired me. She was such a strong woman. She had, was such a strong female figure for me when I was growing up. And eventually he just kind of got tired of answering that question because people just kept asking it over and over and over again till eventually they asked him that question and he goes, because you're still asking me that question. So I just wanted to kind of get your guys' thoughts on what you think about, you know, the way that he's created these strong characters and that, I don't know, basically that. So, yeah. What do you guys think? I think what's great is that it's not, like, all the characters that he creates aren't obviously created to be a strong character. Meaning he's not setting out to like, I'm going to change TV with a strong female character. He just writes women as strong. Like that's just his natural go-to. I mean, you look at Firefly and half of that cast are kick-ass women, you know, and they just are. They're not, he's not trying to make a statement with them. He just feels that women are strong just as men are strong. And I think that's what's, so mind-blowing or whatever the word is but like you know game-changing is that he he's not making it obvious i guess he's at least put, in my opinion he's, he's being women on the same pedestal as men as far as uh the strength and and, and courage and and being heroes just like uh, everybody else is you know and he obviously on some of his uh quotes that he, he writes it's you know he's he's got an eye out for equality, you know, and that and that's how he writes his films. I mean, uh, in in Firefly and Serenity, um, the women are very very strong characters. They can all take care of themselves, you know, especially the main character. I can't remember her name. Help me out. The the oh, young Gina Torres. Character? Yeah, yeah. Zoe. Zoe. Yeah, Zoe. and she just flips a switch. In the battle scene, and she just starts ninjing everybody, you know, it just. It, oh, are you thinking of River? Yeah, River, R River, River. Yes. Okay, yeah. And, and she just she just flips it, and she's taking care of her people, and 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 that's awesome because you don't you don't think about anything other than uh, a superhero qualities. And, and not that she's a girl, but she's it's just a it fits in with all of his storylines, and I, I really think I, that's why I really like the the Firefly Serenity universe. 
is because it's all equal to me. I mean, I may, I may be wrong, but it's... No, yeah, cool. you're, you're exactly right. They all have equal roles. In Buffy, he originally wrote Buffy because he liked the idea of taking the damsel in distress and all of a sudden making her the kick-ass hero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even in the opening scene of Buffy, you have Darla and another guy breaking into somewhere, and Darla is pretending to be this scared, meek creature, but she ends up being the villain in that scene. She's the the wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I... and with with River, I think that scene in Serenity is so telling because she's been taken care of by her older sibling for so many years. And then she says, I think she says something along the lines of, let me take care of you now, or let me mm-hmm. protect you now. And then she goes and kills a crap ton of Reavers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Aside from Buffy, I'm thinking mostly in Serenity or in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., any female character, you can switch the gender and the character still works fine. Right. Yes. And we didn't talk much about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, it's... Well, but same, same, same choreograph, same uh, uh, agent, agent um, May and uh, Sky. All of them have strong roles, and it's it, yes, strong, you know. So, but mm-hmm. but what's what's interesting is you could take Sky and make her character a man, and the character doesn't really change that much. The motivations are very similar. And it reminds me of a quote from George R.R. Martin, which is someone asked him how he writes such strong women. And his response was, well, at first I pretend women are people and then I write. (laughs) I love it. That is amazing. That's a a great quote. And it, it was I mean, I, I want to make sure everyone gets the inflection right. He was not insulting women. Yeah, he was yeah, definitely yeah. That by itself to sound insulting the perception <laughs> that most people have about women. Yeah. yeah. He was kind of he was kind of insulting the the reporter who asked him. Yeah. Because yeah. when it yes. comes down to it, men and women are all as characters or as people or as whatever are motivated by a lot of the exact same stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, food, shelter, water, protect your family, protect your loved ones, um, fight in the face of danger. Yeah. And, and, and to me, women, women are, especially if they're trying, if they're taking care of their children are very strong individuals. And, you know, and that's how, you know, everyone should be, but, uh, if you try to take a child away from a mother and watch her act like any kind of big man you've ever seen, you know it's it's she'll take on the world, you know. So, 
So it's kind of that, uh, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, yeah you better know who you're dealing with <laughs> before you, you mess with me, because it doesn't matter if a man or a woman is, you know, depending on yeah. the situation, you know, could be bad. The one thing that I wanted to point out, too, is that, um, especially, like, in Buffy, I like the way that he also, he kind of pokes fun at the female character stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So in Buffy, he did the like the episode, the Halloween episode, which is also one of my favorite ones. The first oh, one that they yes. did when the person, if you bought your costume from this specific costume shop, then when the spell was enacted, you became that character. So like yeah. Willow became a ghost and um, Buffy became this like. I forget what century she, it is. She was it's a like, like in the 1800s. She was a defenseless princess. She was a defenseless princess. She became this like eight, like 19th century um, noble woman because she dressed like that for Angel because that's the time frame that he's from. But she became the complete opposite of the person that she is. She was cowering in the corner and she was scared and crying and she was hoping that the saved. men, yeah, that the men with the muskets would come to save them. So it was nice to see them, like, it was interesting to see him poke at that, like, at the stereotypes when it's just so, it would seem so weird for her character to be like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, I mean, you have the character, some people could point to the character of Dawn as anti-feminist because she was the whiny little sister. But then I would point to Connor from Angel. Oh my God! Who's a thousand times worse, worse. than Dawn? He ruined that show. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I that hate. and that whole storyline. Oh my God! Where like Cordelia gave birth to like a 30 Zoe? year old. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Zoe from Firefly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. From Firefly. Like I just I hate that entire storyline. It's so oh. stupid. Ugh, don't even get me started. I love Angel dearly. It is one yeah, of my shows. They, they, towards the end, they did some really weird things with Cordelia where you're just like, <sighs> why? What? <laughs> why? Yeah. Yeah. I do really like the puppet episode, though. I'm going to throw that out there. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh. That's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> it's so That's good. That's a good one. <laughs> when Lauren's running around, he was like, is there a Geppetto in the house? <laughs> he got mauled by a, by a werewolf. Speaking of then, Cordelia... Oh, go ahead. There's a. They actually made a. I don't know if it was in the show, but they made a sequel to that episode where they became puppets again in comic book form. Yes, I have the comic book. I have that. It's really funny. It is really funny. Chelsea, what were you saying? Yeah. Um, no, I was going to say, speaking of Cordelia, I like that Joss would also not be afraid to let the you know the women be women meaning they like shopping they like you know having a boyfriend like he wasn't he wasn't like oh we have to make them strong therefore they can't like anything that a stereotypical woman would like mm-hmm. like i love the fact that buffy was super girly and she cared about you know the clothes she wore but also when it came down to it she would kick ass and fight and you know you know what i mean like but, but see, also in in that's that's not just a girl thing because, well, no. If if you if you'll bear with me, mm-hmm. from 1999 to 2003, when I was in high school, 
I wore so many different types of clothing and mm-hmm. had so many different fads. I remember I, there was a time where I, I had like I wore like Jinko jeans for a month or two. Yeah, the Jabos. Yeah, and then there was then I decided that wasn't working for me, so I would like tuck in my shirt for like a week, and I realized <laughs> that wasn't a good look for me. Okay. Like, so I probably put in just as much, if not more time, concerned with my clothes as Buffy. There was a time oh, where, yeah. I would wear, I would only wear band shirts, <laughs> and and when and when the band was Limp Biscuit. Oh yeah, oh, Limp Biscuit. Oh, oh. yeah. So oh, I feel Buffy on that one. That's not yeah. just oh no a no female I'm, thing. I'm not saying that's I'm not saying that's just a female thing. I'm saying. Other people, society, think that that's a yes. female thing. Yeah. And, but like, but what I mean is, when people go to write female characters and try to be strong, a lot of times, like for example, the Wonder Woman comic that I talked about earlier, they'll go <laughs> the complete opposite, meaning they, some people feel like strong female characters have to be like Xena, you know, like, yeah, and that's it. Like, but they can also, I don't know, be a mixture of that, and that's what I mean by that—the clothing thing. Anyways, I don't know if that makes sense at all. No, it does. No, it absolutely does. Okay, cool. now what you're saying. All right. Any final thoughts before we skedaddle? Should we pick a favorite skedaddle. out of all these projects? Yeah, pick a favorite. What is your favorite Joss Whedon film? Or, or just project or show or... anything, anything he's done. Yeah. Favorite thing, go for it. Sorority, sorority, Farfella for me. Okay, I'll I'll say Buffy. Okay, heart Buffy. Heart Buffy. <laughs> um, go, Chelsea. I'll say Doctor Horrible. Okay, yo Chad. Angel yo. Angel yo. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go with Buffy. Yeah, Buffy's like near and dear to my heart forever. Yeah, I'm gonna speak from home, Stacy. Even though Serenity is in Firefly as well. Cool. You can't vote for people that aren't here. He's, he he would vote for that. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah. yeah. This isn't a competition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not a competition, but just just. No, fun. no, I'm just well, I'm technically, I'm voting for Buffy because Buffy and Angel were like the original like, crossover yeah. show. That's right. That's, true. That's right. Oh my god! But for sure, Serenity went to movie form, and Buffy didn't. Buffy was on a movie. Was a movie. Oh, yeah. Don't shade. Yeah. Don't shade. <laughs> well, I'm throwing shade, bro. It, it was a movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Snap. first. That's that was awesome. what we talked about it. <laughs> but well, technically, the buff. Technically, the movie's not canon. True. No, it's not. Canon it's not. But, but it has also continued in comic book form. It and is. the comic it's books nice. are really good. I can speak on those, but okay. anyway. Yep. So, before we end, obviously I want to give another shout out to our fabulous guest. And allow him a chance to, once again, plug his podcast and website. Yeah. The stage. Uh, they... <laughs> Thank you, Temple of Geek, for allowing me to come on and geek out about Joss Whedon with y'all. Uh, if p- 
people like this and want more things uh, geek and nerdy, check us out at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Check us out on iTunes. Search Dumbbells and Dragon. We're on all social media. Search Dumbbells and Dragons. I will be I will be adding you guys to all of my social guests. And it was awesome to meet you, sir. Uh, great cast. And um, looking forward to more. Sweet. Excellent. I as well. All right. Thank well, that you. Brought, yeah. Thank you. Anybody thank, thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Temple of Geeks Toddcast. I want to thank my panel for joining me on this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email Daniel at info at templeofgeek.com. Please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and rate our show because we like ratings. And until next time, be excellent to one another. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit the templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.